Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Gosh, don't you feel lighter today? (laughs) Don't you feel, look, the sky is even blue. Gosh, what a, what a, what a weight has been lifted. Just the fact that you know who ain't, you know where, and he's gone. Oh, for now. Oh, guys, I had no idea I would really have this reaction to it of, of, of hope, even though, of course, being me, there's this voice in the back of my head saying, let's not get carried away here. All of those Republicans are still in positions of incredible power, and they will be in the way. And then there's all those people who voted for you-know-who. But what a wonderful day. That was. I was glued to my television from early morning till late night, and I'm sure I I wasn't alone. And oh, what I saw. And what I heard. I mean, we, America rose to the occasion. The Democrats rose to the occasion. Biden rose to the occasion. His speech was pitch perfect and delivered so well. No one listening to that man deliver that speech could think he was simply reading off a teleprompter. He was talking from his huge heart. And that reminds me of one of the things he said after he said we must end this uncivil war. He said we can do this if we open our souls instead of hardening our hearts. You know, it's fascinating how words, mere words, can uplift us so with, with their promise of something better, with their appeal to, yeah, the better angels of our nature. I paused because I was going to put a an adjective before nature and uh, to diminish it or to bring it into line with uh, the complicated reality that is human nature. Uh, it's hard to know where to start. It's not like I ever sit here with notes and anything written down. 
but I I was just so I mean I felt I felt for the first time and I cannot tell you how long the kind of patriotism I used to feel I I felt like yes America we can be what we promised to be and I you know I the so much so much to think about I was, I started taking notes um at the beginning um of the day as I watched and and then I sort of gave up but um it will provide me some some measure of uh if anything just a reminder of so much of what I felt yesterday and um again I'm sure you felt I uh, I was surprised at the fact that I cried. I uh I used to be a real crier and um as I've grown older, uh I think a lot of my tears have dried up. I don't know. I don't cry as easily. I I'm not that I'm not moved, but I tears don't come. And oh, many times yesterday they were they were stinging my eyes, trying very hard to come. Uh, it was quite an amazing day. And now the hard work begins. So. Where do we start? Anyone who again wants me to be uh, eloquent, I'm, if I have, you know, eloquence. My God, if you want eloquence, I refer you to yesterday because it was um, it was on display <laughs> quite often, and there is no doubt that the most eloquent, the most moving, other than Biden. Was Amanda Gorman? Who knew this beautiful twenty-two-year-old woman? I also thought she was the best dressed. <laughs> I did. She was just a vision in that yellow coat and that red band in her amazing hair. But she stirred such hope in me and such patriotism and that a a black woman young black woman could could herself say somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken but simply unfinished. 
that a black woman can say that, can have that generous, gosh, that generous of you of the country that enslaved her forebearers and terrorized her family. She was amazing. And uh, I immediately followed her on Twitter, one of five, you know, millions. And she, uh, her life has changed. I mean, I did, I, I was texting back and forth with friends during some of the uh, inauguration. And uh, man, I, I just said, a star is born. That is no doubt you saw a star uh, born. Not that she wasn't a star before, but we didn't know it. Wow. Amazing. The New York Times printed uh, her, her poem and I I read it again uh, this morning, and it's simply wonderful. It's simply wonderful. The power of words. Oh. And Biden's words, I was so grateful that he, while trying to uplift us and challenge us, he spoke of truth. And he spoke of lies. And I really, really appreciated that he said that lies were told for power and for profit. And there it is. And those people who tell lies for power and profit and so ravaged our country with their lies are still here. They are. Maybe a little quieter. Maybe some skittering, sort of to the edges for a while, waiting until our all-too-short memories fade. But we cannot forget who they are, that they're here, what they did, and we must never forget. I mean, as it is, Joe Biden begins his first full day as the president of the United States with only one of his cabinet members having been confirmed. Barack Obama on his first day had seven confirmations already. George W. Bush had seven. That's the speed with which the Senate 
used to work to give a new president the team that they had put together. And never, ever have we known a more urgent need to have a team in place. And the Senate is now, supposedly, run by the Democrats. But it shows that with their 50-50 split, the razor-thin control they have, that it's going to be slow going and there will be incredible, incredible attempts to impede Joe Biden's agenda. The one secretary, cabinet secretary that was um, that was okayed, and I'm blanking on her name, but she's uh, what national security. She, um, ten Republicans, ten Republican senators voted against her confirmation. There can be no reason why. Because she is extraordinary. I was reading her, her bio. She's ex- I, mean, I don't have it in front of me. She was ex- ex- just totally qualified. There would be no reason. And these same 10, I'm sure, lustily signed off on all of the incompetence that the former president trotted up to the hill whenever he bothered. Avril Haynes, that's her name. And she is the uh, Director of National Intelligence. Wow. So, I I don't want to dwell on him because we have been for at least a while relieved of him. Uh, But I do want to note that I subjected myself to his last uh, few hours as president. And uh, I was so gratified to see that this attempt he had made for this dramatic, militaristic, huge send-off for himself was as pathetic, (laughs) was as, there was no one there. I mean, there was no one there. And almost all of the ones that were there were his family. The crowd estimate, the crowd estimate I heard was around 100. Believe me, he sent out invitations to thousands, 300. And then, of course, he got up there and lied. And it was like so much of what we've endured with him. It was surreal. 
So that when he he got on the, well, the last threat out of his mouth, at least the one that I noted, was goodbye. We will be back in some form. <laughs> what a, uh, there's something really creepy and sinister about that. We will be back in some form. And then the absurdity of the soundtrack that was playing. I swear I heard YMCA. This is, and I swear, I mean, I, and then when, when the plane lifted off with him and his repulsive spawn on it, the song was still blaring over Andrews Air Force Base. Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Ah. Well, he sure did. And I got to credit David Axelrod for for summing it up beautifully because at the time that 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 monster's plane was nose up and into the air, I did it my way. CNN had a split screen. And there was the plane on one half and the other half showed the president to be in just 90 minutes or so the president to be his head bowed at church in church and axelrod said of that split screen image the sacred and profane. And imagine what the District of Columbia looked like from the vantage point of an airplane. It looked like an armed camp. A strange stillness since roads were closed and blocked, fences up, troops everywhere. And that is what the guy who did it his way left us. I'm sure it didn't for a minute dawn on him as it, he looked out the window, if in fact he did. This is what I wrought. Little Tony writes, I prayed that yesterday would be a peaceful day, and it was. And I hope that peacefulness will continue. All I can say is that waking up to a country where you know who is not president anymore made me feel much lighter. Yeah. Still anxious. Yeah. But still much lighter. It's amazing, isn't it? Me too. Me too. But the hard work starts now. And speaking of that, 
I mean, it was really impressive to see. Uh, can you imagine how exhausting that day is if you're the center of it? I mean, I, I can you imagine? I can't imagine, first of all, sleeping the night before and then having to be on your feet to perform, perform to a worldwide audience, the most important utterances of your life to perform all these rituals. Seems like every time I looked, poor Jill Biden was toddling up another huge flight of steps in her heels. Man, ladies, if ever there was a argument to be made, visual argument to be made for the absurdity of heels, it was yesterday. There wasn't a woman in them who looked, I don't know, steady or comfortable on all those steps. It's crazy. And I noted that, frankly, Laura Bush was the only one I saw that was wearing flats. Good for her. After a certain age, no woman should have to wear those things. How Nancy Pelosi, how Jill Biden, I, how they, guys, you don't know. How I can't, I actually have a foot that absolutely can't. I mean, it's nailed together in a way that it can't form that, and can't go at that angle. <laughs> so I haven't worn them in ages, 30 years. But guys, craziness. And while we're on wardrobe, can I just get it off my mind? Uh, I just want to talk a little bit. When I saw Lady Gaga walk out, <laughs> and I thought, what, what, what? And, and um, you know, it's like she needed a, you know, a, a small, uh, you know, she, she needed about 20 little uh, children, uh, you know, carrying her, her train. I mean, she would, it, it was, I mean, I understand she is a, she's known for her sartorial excess and it really was beautiful, but. If you know you're going to walk down a whole bunch of steps, why have a dress on that could kill you dead? Anyway, never mind. While we're on Lady Gaga, can I just say this? I have ranted and raved about our national anthem for as long as I've been uh, in broadcasting. It's an impossible song to sing. Its words are unintelligible, which is why no one ever knows them. And frankly, the history of it is fraught and it shouldn't be our national anthem. But this is a this is an effort I've given up. I understand it's grandfathered in or something. But when she sang that anthem, when she performed it, I 
had a feeling for the first time in my life that someone had mastered the song. She did. I'm going to, I'm looking for what Sally was one of the people, Sally Wayne was one of the people that um, was uh, texting with me and our friend Kit uh, during, during it. Um, and she said this, and she just yeah, nailed it. Absolutely uh, nailed it. I'm looking, I'm looking. There were so many. Um, hang on. Yes. Sally says, that was the best I have ever heard. She actually made this unfortunate song stirring and appealing and understandable. For the first time, all of a sudden, those words that never mean anything, they're word salad to almost anybody in America. They made sense for the first time, kind of. And so when she said, and our flag was still there, you realize that given the our very current history, as she pointed to the, she like I think with her fist pointed at the flag flying over the Capitol building that had been attacked by insurrectionists just two weeks before, and our flag was still there. You didn't have to think about it being over Fort Sumter. No, there it was. Sumter. Pretty amazing. When the Supreme Court guys walked in, I just wanted to puke when I saw Amy bringing up the rear. And I was so unsurprised to see that neo-fascists like Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito didn't come. You know who came and shouldn't have? What gall? Ted Cruz. What gall? Ted Cruz. I have a caller. Go ahead. Hi, Lynn. It's Jeff. Jeff. We find ourselves on the exact same page today. I got emotional yesterday watching it. And like, and I never watch TV, especially during the daytime. TV yeah. was on all day. And yeah. uh, just a couple of things. You were mentioned, he who shall remain nameless. Before he came out, they had the audacity. They were playing there on the tarmac, Ave what? Maria. I mean, Jeez. seriously. Are you kidding I mean, like, me? How ta no, no. I mean, how tacky can you get? <laughs> is that, you know? And that was before YMCA. I mean, what is yeah. God Almighty? So, well, you know, somebody said, 
We need something classy. We need something uh, spiritual. It's a, hey, how about Ave Maria? You know, it was just so tacky. It was, yeah. But uh, yeah, I watched. Did you watch the parade across America? Most of it. I, there was a phone call that interrupted some of it, but yes, most of it. I what got you choked to... up yeah. because these young people who've had so much taken from them over this last year, not being yeah. able to get together with their friends or perform under that yeah. adversity, they got it together and oh, it was beautiful. I'm not a big yeah. one for parades, but honestly, it was so moving to see these people and uh, forget the girl's name, young woman's name who uh, sang, she was like on the top of a roof. Well, this young girl, her name was Caitlin Saunders, was yeah. skating in Black Lives Plaza. No, oh, I didn't see God. that. Oh, I didn't uh, see that. It's on YouTube. Maybe I can okay. uh, send you the link to it. Okay, do if you can. This girl's smile, honestly, because I woke up this morning, open up the paper, and what do I got to see? Comments from Guy Rethenshawler and the usual oh. trolls in the comment sections. It's like, you oh. know, these people are so heartless. See, and they won't stop. Have, they won't stop. That, and that's the negative. But let's not even. We'll deal I had with to go, next week. I had to go back to the video of the girls skating while the uh, other woman <laughs> sang uh, "I Will Rise," I think, or "We'll Rise" or something. It was oh, just wow. so beautiful. It just like, wow. and I had that TV on all day long, watching the whole thing from you know. It was just so cool. You know, just uh, Sister Sledge doing uh, "We Are Family." <laughs> With Nile Rogers playing the guitar in the corner there and the Zoom thing, it was just like fantastic. Just, I gotta tell you, it so. did. It 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 made our hearts, that our poor hearts that have been so battered, it made them sore. Reminded us how it feels to be proud of. I posted on our I posted on my Facebook page just a picture, and it pretty much sums up how I was feeling. The end of Shawshank, or towards the end of Shawshank Redemption, mm-hmm. where Andy Dupree, Tim Robbins, climbs out of the pipe and he's in the river or the creek, and yeah. it's raining and he lifts his arms up, you know, that's <laughs> shot from the yeah. sky down on him. That's what I yeah. felt like. Yeah. <laughs> that just a, well, that's a, it's a fitting metaphor, a mm, fitting metaphor. The, and you know oh, what? wow. What? After reading some of the comments and stuff, I feel this anger coming up in me again, but yeah. I'm going to try to heed the words of our president and yeah. just try to be cool and just bite my tongue. And, uh, isn't it wonderful on, to but, be, Hey, isn't it wonderful to be able to say our president? Mm-hmm. You got it. You got it. And you know what? Watching coverage like, you know, BBC and Deutsche Welle, you know, and PBS, the whole world feels the same. And all my friends, they're all feeling the same as you and I are talking about right now. Of course. Just like this sense of relief and optimism, I guess, you know, so now the hard work begins. Oh, gosh. I think one of the top things on the agenda, they have to root out these white supremacists from the uh, police departments and from the military. Yes. That's got to be job one. And the people who are in like uh, lower level cabinet uh, or not cabinet positions, but governmental, you know, part of the bureaucracy that, you know, Trump left behind. That's got to be Number one, I think. Well, I I understand that some of them are already gone. I mean, some of I mean they've been some of them that you know there was concern. Some of the people that he burrowed, I think that is a correct term, burrowed into some of these agencies uh, to right. muck things up as much as possible. They were fired last night. A lot of them. 
Thanks, so. Brad. <laughs> There's still okay. more to go, though. Yo, okay. God. Love you. Love you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Uh, and we have another caller. Caller, hello. Hello, Lynn. Yeah. Hi. I just wanted to say that four years ago, the day after election, my daughter called me from college crying, and yeah. I called you saying that the election was stolen. Four years later, my daughter and I, who since graduated from college, are sitting on our couch watching the beautiful concert and all the phenomenal fireworks. And I said to her, because we watched everything, I watched everything through the day as everyone did. This is as if we just came out of a four-year war. Mm-hmm. It's like another VJ day with all of this celebration. Yeah, it does have that feel, but you know, as you know, we're going to be sobered up plenty quickly. But yes, yes, yes. The pride that we have now that we can wave the flag for the United States, not yes. for the Republicans. It's just a beautiful day, and I just wanted to say that and thank you for all of your voices and just keeping us strong. Thank you. Okay. Enjoy. All right. Okay. Bye. 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 You know, they even, you know, so Biden, they at about, what was it, around seven last night, uh, there was a, a press conference with uh, the Biden's press secretary in the press room at the White House. It was like a regular press conference where his press secretary's name I don't yet know, I will, was respectful to the media, uh, answered every question to the best of her ability, didn't lie, didn't lie once. And she'll hold another tomorrow. And it was like, you you talk about this burden, there was such... I, I almost, cr- I think that was one of the times I started to cry. I cried because there was a White House press conference. My God, so much was taken from us. And we forgot. I mean, God, I will never look at a White House press conference in the same way again. I mean, every these things that we took for granted. To find comfort in the holding of a White House press conference. Wow. Lou writes, Gaga was extravagant and theatrical, but that's who she is. That is correct. I want that pin. Man, you have a big enough body to handle it? The song was fab. When I saw Michelle Obama, I cheered and said, oh, my God, she looked like a badass superhero. And she did. She did. Beautiful. (laughs) And uh, Lou goes on, I don't know why all of the women didn't wear pants because that allows you to ditch the heels. So many women in dresses to sit outside for a couple of hours. Yeah, a lot of people were not dressed properly. I kept thinking, what is wrong with you? (laughs) 
I got very maternal. You're going to catch cold. Yeah. And and the other thing, before it began, but they were all there milling around, talking to each other, and, you know, uh, and so many masks were wrong. I mean, Bill Clinton's nose um, was popping out of his mask all the times. Susan said, she said she thought it was like a metaphoric for his, uh, you know, other body parts that were popping out all the time. But his, you know, he was sitting there with it covered his mouth, but not his nose. And other people weren't wearing them properly. They didn't fit. Somebody said, I I can't remember where I heard it or read it, but um, I'm having trouble looking at at this because all I want to do is just start fixing all those masks. They're all wrong. Another great moment. Eugene Goodman. Do I have his name right? Good man should be his name. It is, right? The Capitol Police officer who was given the honor of escorting our first woman vice president. Um, That made me cry, too. Oh, man. Was something, huh? You know, but speaking of, okay, uh, Kamala Harris, we now have a woman where a woman has never been in this nation's entire history, a heartbeat away. And not just a woman, but a woman of color, the daughter of immigrants. And then later in the day, this woman, our vice president, as the presiding officer of the U.S. Senate, swore in three new U.S. senators. the two from Georgia, and the one who is taking her place as a representative of California. And you looked at those three men replacing this woman, and those three men themselves represented the diversity of this country. A black minister the first black senator from the state of Georgia. A Hispanic man from California, the first Hispanic senator from that state, which is over 40% Hispanic. And Ossoff, who is a Jew, and the first Jew to be elevated to the Senate from the state of Georgia. So a black, a Hispanic, a Jew, sworn in by this South Asian, Jamaican, 
vice president woman. And I took such joy in it. But then it occurred to me, this is why there was an attempt at insurrection. This is why. It is exactly why the white supremacists are going crazy. They know their time is almost up. And this, that scene that made my heart soar, brought nothing but fear, terror to them. Terror to the point that just as we feel we are gaining our country back, they really feel in their hearts that their country is lost. Of course, they are wrong. (laughs) They are wrong. And they become our burden now. Keith writes, I don't think you could have scripted a more perfect day. It started with me arriving. It started with you. It started started with me arriving in my living room (laughs) to work from home and seeing that orange bloat climbing onto Marine One and getting the hell out of town. It ended with watching two couples who seem like that, yes, that was another thing, who seem like they genuinely love each other. Yeah. That was the other thing. Not only sanity returning to the White House, but love, a loving couple. And you feel it. It's palpable. Yes. Keith writes, I'm 44 and I've watched a few of these, but I've never teared up watching before this one. Probably as much over what we avoided as much as what we gained. Hell, when I saw John Bon Jovi was performing, I thought, do we really need this guy again? And then he started singing, Here Comes the Sun. And I thought, well, yes, we did. Wow. He looked old, boy. I didn't recognize him and I didn't hear them introduce him. So I didn't know who it was. I thought, who the hell is that? Who's this old white guy? Um, And then Susan called and she said, who's that old white guy? I said, I don't know. (laughs) And then she said, I think it's John Bon Jovi. I said, no, that's not John Bon Jovi. And it was John Bon Jovi. Amazing. Margaret says, Joe's Bible, geez, was huge. (laughs) Right. It's been in the family for, um, what did I see, 125 years or something. It's like five inches thick. It's a heck of a, yeah, that's a family Bible. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, 
what else I got here? Um, not that I want, oh, oh, this is sort of funny. So the uh, shameless uh, Ted Cruz who showed up at the inauguration of the man he sought to, um, he thought, what would be the word? Uh, Dethrone, that's not the word, but you know what I mean. That he had the nerve. But he tweeted today. Let me find it. By rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement, President Biden indicates he's more interested in the views of the citizens of Paris than in the jobs of the citizens of Pittsburgh. Why do we keep getting dragged into this by these racist white nationalist insurrectionist Nazis? God. And then there was this, and I don't know if it was an attempt at snark, because she doesn't seem like the type to do snark, but Greta Thunberg, you know, the climate change kid, Greta Thunberg then texted this morning, so happy that the USA has finally rejoined the Pittsburgh Agreement. Welcome back. Somebody tell me, was that a joke? I am so I am so discombobulated. Amy's telling me I think it was a joke. Yeah, it it had to have been, but I don't think of her, you know, she of that stern demeanor. It's so it, it it's adorable. But yeah, is a jab. And that's fantastic. Um, I'm not going to get into the uh, all these horrific white-collar criminals that uh, he pardoned on the way out. I mean, it, it, an insight, someone in the New York Times wrote, it covered an encyclopedia of corruption schemes that often involves the theft of government money. If you look at, it's bribery, it's yes, theft of government money, and they are the most vile. You read what they were all in for. It's just one vile grifter after another, Ponzi schemes, all kinds of stuff. That's, that's who it was. Those are, of course, who he would pardon. And when I saw he actually pardoned a black Democrat, who would that be? Oh, of course, it'd be the former mayor of Detroit, Kwame Kilpatrick, who was sentenced to 28 years in prison after he was convicted of so many counts of racketeering, extortion, uh, lining his pockets, his family's pockets with government money, with every, I mean, 
Of course. Now, there's a black guy that Trump can relate to and have sympathy for. Unbelievable. Uh, okay. Um, hang on here. I'm sorry. Amy says I have a caller. Hello? Hey, I was going to say you to get it that the Greta tweet this morning was like a yes. joke. Um, yes. <laughs> when it would have to be. <laughs> bon Jovi, Jovi, John Bo, wait, John Bon Jovi came up. It's a weird name, singing, John Bon Jovi. Yeah, started singing. Here comes the sun. My husband and I, we started laughing so hard, saying like, "O M G." Like these guys, this is how smart and clever people get their digs in. Every one of those songs would have been like pissed Trump off to no end, right? Yeah, yeah. It was the most absolutely perfect song he could have chosen to sing, and it was a dig. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Oh, sure. What, what I was going to say is what we're going to start realizing is like, you know, how drastic the differences are. The uh, press conference last night, you know, what I noticed was it was not boastful. Day one, that jer jerk was, now you've witnessed the largest, everything was the largest, the best it would have been, you know, after seeing the most extraordinary event that the United States has ever seen. And, and all of those minions were trained to be as boastful as he was. They went right along with it. Well, it's the only and way he you stayed, uh, yeah, in the job, yeah. Right. And that was not yeah. boastful. And it was like, oh, my God, it hit me like a ton, like a Mack truck. I was almost like, that's what's missing. Right? And thank God, this is what we're now going to see, you know. But how from day one, that man started the lies, the boastful lies. And it was all part of the playbook. And that's the playbook that Ted Cruz, when trying to go after Greta today, I mean, you know, it's use that old lie playbook, which they thought worked and does work on some people, but hopefully this is a new day, you know, and without those boastful um, images being drilled into the heads of the American people, you know, that's between his Twitter um, lies and, and the, the verbal lies that we all would witness from every one of his and hear from every one of his minions. I mean, it, with that voice drowned out, I don't know that that playbook's going to work anymore. Let's hope it doesn't. Let's hope it doesn't. Thank okay. you. Bye. But thank you. But, you know, uh, there's still Fox News, which is doubling down. You saw they got rid of an hour of news and replaced it with an hour more of, uh, of toxic uh, lies and opinion. Um, so I talk about lies for profit. That is Fox News. That is right wing talk radio. Oh, and speaking of right-wing talk radio, just a um, a local bit, I thank a few of you for telling me about it. Um, Wendy Bell has been given a radio show, so she'll be back on the air here in uh, Pittsburgh, and she'll be on, um, I'm not going to say the call letters, who cares, you can find her if you want, but it is a, f a former employer of mine, uh, the Renda Company. It's a local owner of radio stations. He owns radio stations in other states as well. I believe Oklahoma and Florida. 
Um, and he put, uh, he gave, he's the one who, when I lost my job at uh, WTAE radio, because they went to a sports format, he uh, reached out to me and said, come and work for me. And that was at WPTT. That's not the station she's going to be on. And it was a country western station. So he said, I'll, I'm giving you the three hours and, and, and we'll slowly change it over to talk. And the first, after my first show, he came storming into the studio and said, you cannot say that about Dick Scaife. I had been, I suppose, ranting about Dick Scaife. And I said, what do you mean I can't say that? And he said, Dick Scaife is a friend of mine. He's a good man. And I can't have you saying that about him. I said, well, then I guess I'm not going to be able to uh, to stay. I'll, we can pretend this never happened. I will get up right now and leave. And the money grubber in him said, no, no. I said, well, look, I'm not going to, and nor have I ever agreed to allow my employers to censor me. You're not, if you're giving me a show, you're giving me a show because you know I'm going to bring an audience and you're going to let me say what I want to say. And I, you cannot tell me what I can say and what I can't. And that's the only way I'm staying. Well, so I backed him down and I stayed. He hated my guts. Well, he owns another station and that's the one he's given to her. Her, because uh, uh, just as with me, he figures she's going to bring an audience to him, which is, I suppose, true. And, um, but now he won't have to tell her what, what she can and cannot say because he's totally politically in agreement. Oh, God. So, see, Wendy Bell and Fox News and all the others spreading lies and hate, they ain't going anywhere. And we do have to deal with that. Uh, they're going nowhere. My damn computer just screwed up. Hey, wait a minute. Okay. Hang on. Amy, are you trying to tell me I have a caller? That'd be good. Okay, we do. Go ahead while I try to fix my computer. Hello? Hey, Lynn. Hey, Lynn. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> Um, we still talking about Trump's inauguration? Because I got lost for a second with the Wendy Bell stuff. You didn't mean Trump's inauguration. I mean, sorry, with um, Biden's inauguration. Uh, yeah, yes, of course. Okay. Yeah, part of the reason I called was to say how awesome it is to see Trump be so upset at the entertainers. Because apparently reports, I've heard reports that that bothers him most is that we have the entertainers. 
we have the people that he really wants. Even well, that SAG, the yeah. even Screen Actors Guild is threatening to take away his union card, which is, <laughs> I know it's a small petty thing, but oh, it God. makes me really happy. You know, that the, the only song he can play is YMCA, and we have Bon Jovi and Gaga and, you know, um, Lopez. It's just amazing. You know, you know I, 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 I had to, I wondered a few times if there was any way he was watching any of this. And I don't think for a minute he watched it. He couldn't no. air it, could he? No. No, but he has reports of who's singing there. And somebody, some poor soul has to say, oh, it was just Lady Gaga. She's so yesterday, whatever. You know what I mean? He's getting that information somehow. Um, and it brings me joy. I'm, I'm sure that's petty, but it brings me joy. Well, I I understand. It's okay. God dang it, my computer is totally frozen. And I wanted to share some stuff with you that was on it. But, but did you, did you, remember, you don't remember any of it? Well, no, it was actually, um, it was something I would have to read. It was uh, lyrics, in fact. Oh. Speaking well, of songs. As long songs. as you don't sing them, no offense. <laughs> I won't. I promise. I No, I won't. And as it is, I don't think I'm going to be able to retrieve them. Ooh, okay. Well, maybe. Um, so, yeah, amazing day. And uh, the lyrics were to the song Hallelujah. Um, I was going to say, I mean, we all feel like Hallelujah, right? Uh, right. Wow. Well, um, I downloaded that on my Spotify because... That rendition is really pretty good. I wish I was could multitask. I'd play it on my phone right now because I downloaded it after I heard um, God, what's her name singing it. Um, that was on yeah, um, the night before the eve of, right? I thought I heard that last night during the virtual parade thing with all the performers. But oh, really? I Again, I boy. Well, it was sung at the uh, ceremony um, that. Uh, they did at the uh, reflecting pool to uh, to honor the th those who had died of coronavirus the night before the inauguration. And um, someone, I don't know, sang it. And uh, here's the thing. I don't, it's sort of like born in the USA uh, for Springsteen, you know, Republicans are always singing, uh, playing that at their conventions, at their, born in the USA, right? Did they ever listen to the lyrics? Right. Because it is essentially, I mean, it is, it is not, yeah, USA, USA. It is not. That's not what it is at all. It's actually an anti-war song, I think, right? Right. It was Yolanda um, Adams who sang it last night or the night before. Oh, okay. But here's the thing. Hallelujah, which was um, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, uh, is, is not what they think it is. And it's not a song you would sing honoring people who are dead of COVID. <laughs> What they're what they're getting confused about is that wonderful chorus, Hallelujah, and I think because the the tune itself is so wonderful, 
But if you read the words, it's, frankly, it's about, um, it's about men, powerful men, falling for beautiful women and being taken down by them. And it specifically starts with King David, who fell to Bathsheba, and then also brings in Samson because of that line, you tied me to a kitchen chair, you broke, uh, you know, she broke your throne, she cut your hair, and from your lips she drew the hallelujah. It is about sex. (laughs) It is so insane. It is about sex. (laughs) Yeah, that tells us how much we listen to the words, right? No, I know. And and, 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 and yet there'll be no putting the genie back in the bottle. We are going to hear that song about King David and Samson having sex with women that brought them down. at inappropriate times and events for the rest of our lives. Just as the Republicans will keep uh, singing uh, Born in the USA. So just wanted to say. And YMCA, which is fascinating. And YMCA, that is true. (laughs) (laughs) A gay anthem about bathhousing. That's hilarious. Uh, okay, you. I think we're out of time. Okay. Talk to you tomorrow. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Um, if you look up the lyrics, you'll find that a lot of people have written a lot of stuff about him. And uh, I saw a quote from Salman Rushdie of all people, who said it's the most amazing rhyme ever that. Um, that Cohen rhymes hallelujah with you don't really care for music, do you? Um, or in another, uh, in another case, uh, the moonlight overthrew you. And that's, again, he's talking about men being bedazzled by women. Hallelujah. (laughs) Um, So there's that. Okay, we're done. But you know what I'm going to do? You can hang up. But I'm going to I'm going to read her. I'm reading her poem. I am just for myself. If you want to hear it again, fine. Uh, This is Amanda uh, Gorman's poem. And then I'll 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 just hang up. So that's thank you so much, and I'll I'll be talking to you next Monday, right? It'll be a. I hope they let Biden get some sleep. I'm worried about him. He's an old man. Don't work him too hard. Okay. Here's the poem. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace. And the norms and notions of what just is, isn't always justice. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, 
but simply unfinished. I'm going to skip a few things. We lay down our arms so that we can reach our arms out to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true, that even as we grieved, we grew, that even as we hurt, we hoped, that even as we tired, we tried, that we'll forever be tied together, victorious, not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree and no one shall make them afraid. If we are to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. That is the promised glade, the hill we climb if only we dare it. Because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it, would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. In this truth, in this faith we trust, for while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. This is the era of just redemption. We feared it at its inception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour. But within it, we have found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter to ourselves. So while once we asked, how could we possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert, how could catastrophe possibly prevail over us? We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be, a country that is bruised but whole, benevolent but bold, fierce and free. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens, but one thing is certain. If we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left. With every breath from our bronze-pounded chests, we will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limed hills of the West. We will rise from the wind-swept Northeast where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked South. We will rebuild 
reconcile and recover in every known nook of our nation, in every corner called our country. Our people, diverse and dutiful, will emerge battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade, aflame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it, for there is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.